Every year, the UN's Conference of the Parties, or COP, sees thousands of delegates and attendees from around the world make it to the International Climate Summit to address global warming and move the needle on climate solutions. This year's COP was held in Dubai, UAE, and carbon capture and storage was raised in many of the events and discussions, but also during official climate talks and negotiations. Today, we're joined by the Global CCS Institute's Senior International Climate Change Policy Advisor, Noura Alamir, who was among those at COP closely following policy discussions. Listen in as she speaks to us about the COP28 presidency agenda and explains the impact and significance of key climate items such as the global stock take, the carbon management challenge, and more. Hi, Noura. Thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Hi, Ruth. The pleasure is mine. So what are some of the items at at this year's COP that folks were eyeing from a CCS policy perspective? Yes. So I think first, it's worth mentioning that this year's COP was the biggest COP to date. And we had so much participation from people from all over the world, from different walks of life. And all eyes were on the global stock take and what that outcome would be. And just to give a bit of context, the global stock take is a product of the Paris Agreement and it happens in five-year cycles. And it's a moment to take a long, hard look at the state of our planet and hopefully chart a better course for the future. And the way it does this is it engages governments and other stakeholders and to see where we're making progress and what we need to make progress on to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement. And, you know, this year, this year's Global Stock Team was basically two years in the making, which we were very much involved in. And this happened through three technical dialogue sessions, which were roundtables, world cafes, videos, poster chess sessions. And then towards the end of COP, government bilaterals, huddles, working groups, and even an Arabian Majlis. And um I would also say UN Regional Climate Weeks also fed into this process. And I think, Ruth, you with colleagues from the Institute and colleagues from the CCS community were very much part of this, especially MENA Climate Week in Riyadh, which was just just over a month before before Dubai. So um, so that's a key thing. I think another key thing was you know, the publication of the six assessment report from the IPCC, IPCC AR6, which clearly showed that humanity needs to get on track to limiting warming to 1.5. And with CCS, it was shown to be, you know, needed in all pathways, including the one that had a heavy reliance on renewables. And the only pathway that CCS was not needed was the pathway that had a significant reduction in global energy demand. So, so that's really what 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 we were all looking at um, this year. Yeah, it's good to know that the um, regional climate weeks were uh, a part of that. As you mentioned, we did take part of of Meta Climate Week with a few of our um, partner organizations, such as the SMCCUS, Clean Air Task Force, uh, CAPSARC, Saudi government. So. Uh, it sounds as though the global stock take is quite literally taking stock of, of not just those discussions, but the climate action and climate support that's been been happening over the past couple of years. So it's a good context. With respect to the global stock take, so there's the nationally determined contributions that countries have to um, update every five years. Does the global stock take uh, inform that uh, process? So will countries now take a step back or assess what their climate action plans are um, in relation to the Paris Agreement targets by looking at what the findings were 
or what the conclusions were out of this year's global stock take? Yes, yeah, so exactly. So the global stock take is designed to inform the next round of NDCs, which are due in 2025. And, you know, the key thing about the global stock take and its outcome is, and I'm sure many of our listeners have already seen this in international news, is the agreement to transition away from fossil fuels and energy systems. And, you know, just in the second line after that in in the text, we have, you know, carbon capture and storage. Um, in particular in hard to abate sectors listed as part of the the options to do that um, and to accelerate uh, accelerate our uh, you know accelerate our journey towards next net zero. I think it's interesting to talk about the evolution of CCS and how that language landed. You know, in the first week of COP, at the end of the first week, the two chairs who were responsible for for the global stock take, one one was from South Africa and the other was from the US, they handed over a text textual building blocks with options. And there we saw CCS reflected as carbon management. And then after that, in the first draft of from the presidency, which happened at the end, towards the end of the second week, we saw actually carbon capture, utilization and storage mentioned specifically. Um, and then with that draft, there was a lot of red lines on various different topics. Um, and so we had to wait a day for the second draft. We went overtime at COP28. We waited an extra day and then there was the, the text that included um, carbon capture utilization storage, but it also included it particularly in hard to abate sectors. And that really, really showed us the scope of CCS and focused it in the hard to abate sector. And I really think that that, you know, guides the CCS narrative and can guide countries in their NDCs going forward. So, um, yeah, platforms to do that will include things like, um, you know, I think we're, we're going to talk about this next, but we'll, we'll, it will involve, you know, Carbon Management Challenge and other platforms, MCC US, which are already available for countries. So I, I do want to talk about the Carbon Management Challenge in a, in a few minutes, but just sticking to the global uh, stock take, is it correct then to assume that in a few years from now, we will look at it again and uh, as NDCs get further refined and the global stock take will also be revised as well? Yes. Yeah, so during the leaders day on December, between December one and two, we actually got a statement from India, from the prime minister Modi, that India is interested in hosting the next global stock take at COP33. So there will be another cycle and yeah, there will be a different way of um, there will be kind of an update to this. At the moment, the global stock take is a visionary forward looking document and it really helps set the tone and set um set the scene really, especially in energy, um, and, and give the, the necessary political signals for countries to invest, for companies, private sector, and just the global community to invest in, in cleaner technologies. And as you mentioned, an item that did gain ground in Dubai at COP was the Carbon Management Challenge, or the CMC as it's often referred to. What progress did we see around the CMC at COP? Yes, so CMC saw quite significant progress at COP. So before, so this was in the first week, we had Energy Industry Just Transition and Indigenous Peoples Day on December the 5th. And there the, the COP28 presidency hosted along with the governments of Brazil, Canada, Indonesia, the UK and the US, uh, an event called Carbon Management Essential Pillar to Keep 1.5 Alive. And this was a roundtable of ministers and high level representatives. And we saw the participation of over 20 
nations. Um, this also included quite critically China, and we had both um, John Kerry and Xi Zenua in the room uh, talking about the importance of carbon management, and it really complements just in November the Sunnyland Statement on Enhancing Cooperation to address the climate cri crisis between the two countries, which includes um, advancing five large-scale CCS projects by 2030. So, so having them in the room, um, I think, was really, you know, just such a significant, uh, significant part of um, the conversation and the narrative going forward with CCS. Um, I think another important thing to mention was the announcement of uh, new country joiners. So we have countries from a variety of different, you know, economies and energy mixes. We have Kenya, Iceland, Mozambique, Netherlands, Romania, and Senegal all joining uh, the carbon management challenge um, now. So, so now it's at 19 countries plus the European Commission. Um, and I think also just to give background uh, for listeners who might not be familiar, familiar with the Carbon Management Challenge. It was launched earlier this year in April by President Joe Biden at the Major Economies Forum and, and just has been growing ever since. What's next for the CMC? So, you know, it's interesting because we had the government of Brazil there giving opening remarks and really setting the scene. And we also know that Brazil will be hosting the Clean Energy Ministerial, the G20, and then COP30. So, so really a lot kind of of how CCS will, will go forward depends on the presidency of Brazil in all those forums. So, so, th so that's, that's one. I think another is we had the engagement of uh, the International Energy Agency, where the executive director, Dr. Fatih Birol, was there also providing opening remarks and really setting the scene on carbon management and, you know, providing the necessary science behind the need for the technology and its application. We also had the engagement of the Asian Development Bank, and this really brings um, brings to the forefront the need for emerging economies uh, and financing uh, in those countries. So, so really, it's a developing story, and and yeah, I, I think the next the coming years, especially with the global stock take sort of pushing CCS in this direction, um, we'll be seeing a lot um, happening. I think most uh, importantly, a bridge with the private sector with the CMC might be needed and this will be helpful i think to create the necessary enabling environment to allow for policy infrastructure and financing priorities to be consistently raised within the political agenda um and i think just generally this you know this ecosystem of bringing private sector ngos and governments together um is something that's been happening over the years and will continue to happen and and it really is something that we all need to do together in order to reach 1.5 yeah, the, the CMC is certainly a, a worthwhile initiative, and it sounds like COP as a platform helped to enable that bridge even further to, to get the CMC across to countries that might be interested. So um, interested to see how it progresses. Were there any COP presidency items or initiatives tied to industrial decarbonization or CCS that's worth highlighting? Yes. So the COP28 presidency 
also focused on non-negotiated items. And so there was a very packed presidency, presidency action agenda. For energy, the landmark initiative is called the Global Decarbonization Agenda, the GDA. It's designed to speed up the energy transition. So there was the tripling of renewables and doubling of energy efficiency pledge, which had 132 country signatories attached to it. There was also the UAE Declaration on Sustainable Agriculture, Resilient Food Systems and Action, um, with 158 country signatories. So there was a very active movement um, in that direction. Along with this, there's the Industrial Transition Accelerator, which is backed by 30 million from Bloomberg Philanthropies and the COP28 presidency. And this will accelerate um, work in the energy, heavy industry and transport sectors. And the Secretariat will be Mission Possible Partnership, MPP. So this will bring together um, finance and public policy to work hand in hand to unlock investment. We also have the Hydrogen Declaration of Intent, which is underpinned by the launch of the ISO methodology to determine the carbon footprint of a hydrogen product. And this includes CCS as it relates to hydrogen, known as blue hydrogen. But this, this declaration includes all, all the different colors. So, so definitely CCS will play, play a part. Um, there are 40 countries endorsing this declaration. So it really is a milestone for unlocking cleaner forms of hydrogen within the market. I think I can talk about the Emirates breakthroughs as well. So the objective of the breakthrough agenda is really to bring about um, that working level support to enable countries to share best practices on a range of policies and measures um, cross, cross, across different sectors to decarbonize. So these are power, road transport, steel, hydrogen and agriculture in, in the Glasgow breakthroughs. And now with the Emirates breakthroughs, we have buildings and then cement and concrete. The most relevant to CCS is a cement and concrete breakthrough, which um, is being done in partnership with the Global Cement and Concrete Association, which has CCS uh, and CCUS accounting for 36% of planned reduction levers in, in their roadmap for net zero. So the cement and concrete breakthrough was launched by the governments of Canada and the UAE, and the countries that joined include Germany, Japan, Ireland, and the UK. So various initiatives, um, quite a large ecosystem. Maybe I'll also mention the high-level champions because something that kind of falls under the radar um, is, is the 2030 breakthroughs from the high-level champions. It can be a bit confusing because we have the breakthrough agenda at COP26, but then we have the 2030 breakthroughs from the high-level champions, which who basically are uh, looking and focusing their efforts on non-party stakeholders. And um, we do have a target under the high-level champions for 50 new CCS slash U networks reaching FID by 2026, reaching 400 million tons per annum in U capacity. So, so lots to do, um, and definitely CCS is is very much part of the solution as recognized by the UN and by parties through the UAE consensus, which is known as the Global Stock Take Text and various other platforms within the UNFCCC and beyond. Um, I think with this, uh, with this acknowledgement comes uh, responsibility and 
we really need to look at the way CCS is integrated in terms of a country's socioeconomic needs and the needs of the community, the environmental integrity, all these aspects of CCS need to really be uh, discussed. You know, what, what COP28 really showed was the demonstration of how the multilateral process can really unify nations with a shared ambition towards a more harmonious and inclusive vision that brings together the Earth's ecology and energy resources. So there are a lot of good news stories on the CCS front as it relates to COP28. Um, what challenges did we face this year? So I would say a lot of the attention went to the global stock take. And as a result, a few, quite a few agenda items were basically given Rule 16, which means that they were pushed to next year's round of negotiations. One of them is Article 6, uh, particularly Article 6.4 and 6.2. This was also due to a lot of sort of political, I would say, issues that came up. Um, and this does mean the delay of an international carbon market mechanism. And, you know, there needs to be more agreement on the authorization of credits and various transfer mechanisms. I mean, on the removals and methodologies document specifically, which the Institute um, has, you know, put a significant amount of work in through um, various sort of submissions and feedback while that draft from what we understand is is quite reached a quite mature stage further work is still needed and there is an aim to adopt those recommendations next year so so we have that but you know this this will be up to the presidency of Azerbaijan um, where it was also announced at COP28 that uh, next year's COP29 will be in in Baku and in, in between, we'll have the Bonn Climate Conference in June. A lot of alignment on the global stock take, which is promising to hear. Some progress to be made on carbon markets uh, or Article 6.4. Uh, as you mentioned, COP29 will be in Azerbaijan. And the midway point to that will again be in Bonn. Can you speak to what you hope to see in Bonn and, and maybe the upcoming COP as well? So I think there will be, you know, in line with what's happened at COP28, where we really saw people coming together from different walks of life on an array of topics. And we're really seeing energy literacy increasing no matter what age you are across the board. I, I really think that how CCS will be integrated will be really important. And using uh, a platform that is, such as the Mitigation Work Program can really help um, with the technology and its deployment, but also not just how much is deployed, but how it's deployed. With the mitigation work program, we saw quite a lot of work. So it came out of Sharm el-Sheikh and we saw a lot of work on CCS in the global dialogue where the Institute participated with IHHG and the government of Norway facilitated. And there we really heard um, opportunities, barriers, solutions for CCS, which was all summarized by uh, the report by the Secretariat after the meeting, which was published just a couple of weeks before COP28. And, you know, going forward, how, you know, how we can work together in forums like the Mitigation Work Programme, especially when you look at the global stock take and how we can really effectively involve dialogues with government, private sector, local communities, including indigenous people, which is all mentioned in the mitigation work program report, um, is, 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 I think, a very promising action item and will really catapult technologies like CCS to be implemented as consciously as possible according to the needs of 
the society at large. Thanks, Nora. And um, just context for our listeners, uh, you've authored a report on COP28, so everything that you've mentioned here and likely more will be summarized uh, and unpacked in that report, which will hopefully be out by the time this podcast is. Um, if not, it'll definitely be out yes. in the next episode. But this was a good, a good summary. Uh, so thanks so much for your insights. It was good talking to you. Thank you, Ruth. For more details about this episode and podcast, visit our website at globalccsinstitute.com and head to our multimedia library.